everyone, and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. Today, I have an awesome guest for you, but first, I am Jonathan, your host, and here at Redbeard Outdoors, I talk about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors, how applying all of those aspects to your life can help you become more successful, and I'm currently on that journey. I've noticed how it has improved my life, and I want to share that with you. So, tune in. Today is the Saturday sit-down edition where I've got an awesome guest. His name is Joe Gabo, and he is just super into archery, loves fitness, loves the outdoors, has an awesome family, just an, just a great guy. And he is doing great things, whether it be working with certain companies, uh, with the job that he's currently got, uh, just being a good dad, husband, etc. I won't go much more into it, guys. He's just a great guy like you and me and is just pursuing a happier healthier more successful life so i'm excited to share this conversation with you before we get into that i do want to give a shout out to the show sponsors and partners really appreciate these guys please go give them a check or check them out links are down below so you don't have to memorize any codes or anything like that just go check it out down below if you need any of this uh, gear or equipment as we continue through hunting season and maybe you're getting prepped for maybe spring already, whatever it may be. But first and foremost, First Form, definitely want you to check out First Form. Uh, they're just an awesome company, but provide great products. Along with all these other companies, Alpenfuel, Heather's Choice, Kafaru, best backpacks on the market, BlackOvis.com, local company, just great with outdoors gear. Go check them out. Again, link down below. All in digiscoping, absolute aid CBD chewables, affect beard oil. Definitely go check out those companies, guys. Amazing companies, and they support us here at Red Beard Outdoors. So to keep this going, go check them out, guys. Great quality gear. That's what I want to help you guys and provide you guys with. So if I can save you a little bit of money while you go after that good quality gear, definitely want to help you out there. Okay. Now let's get started without further ado into this amazing conversation I had with Joe. Hope you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. And here we go. Okay, everyone, I've got an awesome guest here for you guys. Someone that I met through Instagram. Again, I always say social media has its pros and cons, but you get to meet some awesome people. And uh, Joe is one of them. Joe Gabo. That's an awesome name. Just rhymes. It comes right off the tongue. Uh, but Joe, introduce yourself. Tell tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and, uh, and whatever you want them to know about you. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yep, I'm Joe Gabo. I'm from uh, Ohio, um, like 30 minutes or so south of Cleveland in the Akron area, uh, just in the suburbs out here. Um, I have a wife and a daughter. She's eight months old and uh, a two-year-old uh Doberman, she's great. You might hear at some point in this. Uh, and I've been uh, bow hunting for this will be my sixth whitetail season um, here in Ohio. Um, been out to uh, New Mexico once. I'm going back again here. Um, the 15th is day one for me, September. Um, and yeah, just happy to be here with you, Red. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's I appreciate your time for sure. And thanks for hopping on here. And so you're you're a bow hunter. You've got a, a wife, you've got a daughter. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting having kids, uh, sons and daughters. It's just like, there's no, you can't really compare them because I don't know. Uh, my daughter's so much easier than my son, but I, I can tell him to suck it up a lot easier than I can tell her to suck it up. So <laughs> it's just, it's just a big, a big difference there. But, uh, are you a first generation bow hunter? Yeah, I think so. Um, so my, my father-in-law kind of passed the torch over to me. Um, he's been hunting since he was 10. Um, but in my family, yeah, I, I don't have, didn't have anybody to, uh, that was in the sport or so I guess in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So, and then you said six years, so adult onset. Is this Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I need bloomer, to coin that I've term. Been called everything. Yeah. I need to coin that term. It's definitely, it, it's a popular thing that I've noticed, uh, you know, is with me and, and then, uh, a lot of my friends, you know, if you didn't grow up hunting, um, and you kind of picked it up in, in adulthood, I'm just going to call it adult onset hunter. Uh, oh, but okay. that that's awesome, man. So 
whitetail hunting, and then you're going out to New Mexico. But before we even get into the hunting aspect of things, um, I did kind of want to get to dive in a little bit more about kind of who you are. You're a bodybuilder as well. Um, you enjoy the gym, you enjoy fitness, you enjoy your yeah. family. Um, you obviously enjoy the outdoors. So kind of dabble a little bit on that. Maybe, um, what, first of all, with fitness, why, why do you enjoy going to the gym as much as you do? Yeah. So, um, man, I feel like there's so much to unpack with that, but the, I think at the, the, the core for me, the gym has always been like a level set. So, you know, when there's stuff going on, just being able to go to the gym, uh, it's, it's always helped me like, um, you know, if work, you're having a lot of, you know, projects do, or a lot of like increased stress, you know, the gym was there. So, um, I just have never been able to get away from the gym. I, I, I just feel like a completely different person if I don't go. Um, it's just been something that is, I guess, since I was into it, which was like, starting in college, I kind of got into like lifting, strictly lifting pretty late too. Um, I just have never been able to, to give it up. And uh, for me, it's like, when you go to the gym, you're around a lot of other people, but they're all kind of doing their own thing. And there's, it's nice, man. Like I remember one friend, he always said he was, <laughs> he always said he was going to church. And that was his, like his time, his meditation time, his time to break himself down um, maybe go through the week, like metabolize mentally what happened, um, that day or that week or whatever, but while doing it, putting himself in more like uncomfortable situations, you know, because everything we do, or at least for me, it's like, I'm, I work, I sit at a desk, I sit in a chair, you know, I very rarely get to, to get up and go do anything. So by the time I come in, in the work days over and I get to walk in the doors of the gym, it's like, I'm finally getting to do what, like the whole day would be for me, like wasted almost if I didn't. Right. So it's, you know, in a way, like it's a mental sort of a stress reliever. It's kind of a level set mm -hmm. for me. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know something about it. And then more so as I got into hunting and started looking out West there's a direct correlation to tweaking your training, tweaking your nutrition that has, you know, I would never have known had I not gone, gone last year. It's a very <laughs> distinct difference between, you know, a short walk to a stand and miles on the mountain. And so in that regard, you know, around this time of year, there's almost like a different goal in mind. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a, I don't know. It's like the keystone to everything for me without it. You know, I don't know. I don't know, you know? Yeah, no, no, I, de I definitely understand that. It's, it's something that, you know, it's different for everyone. That's why I like to ask, um, you, you do have a purpose, but the purpose seems to kind of not, I wouldn't say change, but kind of morph throughout the year and then kind of goes in a circle, you know, uh, depending on the time of year. So I, I definitely agree with that. That's, it's a big deal. And especially having kind of a, a desk job where you're sitting at a desk, um, you got to get that movement in somehow. Right. And, and for a lot of people out there, like you're obviously big into to lifting, not necessarily always heavy. I, I love the idea of, you know, you've, you, there's the days where you're kind of quote unquote toning what people would understand is that, but more of the hypertrophy. And then you've got the other days where you're lifting a little bit heavier because you want to test yourself. You want to push yourself a little bit more. And then of course you've got the days a little bit more cardio heavy. So it's a good, a good, a good mix in there. And no one likes cardio, but you know, it's a necessary <laughs> evil. So yeah, it's true. Yeah. Like I, I, I can't say no one likes it. I, I would say there's some people out there that are, that are weird and, and yeah. uh, off a little bit, yeah. but they enjoy the cardio more right. than they do the, the lifting, but um, no, but it, all, all jokes aside, it, it's good to get that movement in. And, and I think that people need to understand that because, uh, and I just, um, I recorded with, uh, Ben from wad prep and he, he put a good example out there. I've used it before as well. Just, it's like having the door, like this door right here behind me. If you never open that door, or if you left the door open all the time and you never closed it, what happens to the hinges, right? They get rusty, they squeak, they, you know, they dry out. And it's harder to close that door. Like that door wouldn't be too difficult to close, but if it was a hundred pounds or more, um, yeah. it might get a little difficult if you leave it for years without moving. 
And that's the same thing with our bodies. Like there's that synovial fluid in our joints that if there's not moving and, and constantly being moved around and pumped around, you know, you just get old and creaky and you start to fall apart and dusty, you know, if you could get dusty in those joints, but um, right. that's awesome. I, I love that you incorporate that and that that's so important to you. Now with fitness being a big deal, um, I, I, I've looked at your page and then your wife's page, your wife's big into fitness as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she, um, she has a nutrition degree. So a food, like a food science degree and a culinary degree. Um, so she like incorporates like food and macros and she coaches, um, mostly, uh, it's like kind of like working class ladies that are all like all over the spectrum in terms of like what they do for their job and where they are in their life and age and, um, and coaches them. Uh, sometimes it's like metabolic rehab, um, sometimes mm -hmm. it's, they're trying to cut or so it's, yeah, that's where, um, with her, I have really just like dove into it kind of like hardcore and mm -hmm. seen the, uh, you know, the direct benefit. Yeah, no, for sure. So you're, you're eating good in both senses of the word. You get, you get <laughs> right. the culinary degree, but you also get the macro friendly, uh, right. you know, good food. Right. So, so you're eating tastes good and it is good for you. That's awesome. That's a hard combination to find. Um, right. and that's awesome that, you know, that's another thing too. It's hard when both of you, like if you're in a relationship at all of any kind, or if you're single and you've got a group of friends, right. Uh, that you're constantly around, if they don't have those same goals, it's hard to maintain the, the idea of either, you know, staying healthy now. Yes. You, there is sacrifices that have to be made. I'm sure you guys aren't going out and having cake and ice cream every night. Right. right. And I'm sure there's nights where you have a sweet tooth that you want to fulfill with something a little bit better than fruit. I say better, right. not better for you, but maybe right. taste a little bit better. And, but you guys are able to kind of keep each other in check and help each other out. So I think that's awesome. That's great teamwork. Yeah, no, you're totally right. It's, it's, you know, who you surround yourself with in every capacity. So nutrition mm -hmm. is definitely one of those things for sure that if you're constantly around temptation of any kind that, you know, everything in moderation, obviously, you know, don't kill yourself over a diet or anything, but mm -hmm. it does make it that much harder to, to stay locked in. Yeah, no, for sure. It definitely is. It's, uh, and that's, you know, again, we, you and I understand that it's a little bit easier to go to the gym. It's like our happy place, right? That's, I don't drink coffee, but that's my cup of coffee. I need that in the morning or else I haven't had a good day. When I used to work in an office, you know, I'd go in, and they're, you know, they could just tell they're like, you didn't have a good workout today, did you? <laughs> like, these <laughs> are people that don't enjoy working out at all. And they would call right. me out on them. Like, yeah, you're right. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, sometimes totally my it. boss would be like, you know what? Take another 30 minutes to get back down there. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go work out your demons. Um, right. But that that's so cool that I love seeing power couples like that. When you guys set those goals together and you're able to achieve that. And not only that, but uh, you know, that's going to pass on to your children. You know, right now you've right. got a daughter. I don't know if you have plans to have more or not. That's none of my business, but even with her, you know, she's going to be raised seeing it's not because there's also unhealthy ways to go about quote unquote fitness, right. To look good, right. to be shredded, um, isn't necessarily healthy. If you get down to single digit body fat and you hold that year round, most people that's unhealthy for them. There's select few people that can manage it and they're not, you know, they're not unhealthy, but for most people, that's not a good place to be. Being stage ready is not necessarily the best place to be health wise. So your daughter's going to be raised seeing the health that you can eat healthy, enjoy the food and how important movement is. And I think that's so key. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. No. Yeah. It's huge. I, I totally agree. Um, and I just feel like there's a lot of misconceptions around food and diet in general. Um, like you said, you can eat good food that is also good for you. Um, it might take a little bit on the front end with prepping or making, you know, your elaborate grocery list so that you can get everything. It's, it's not easy, but it's definitely mm -hmm. doable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have those conversations all the time because, you know, there's the preferred method, right. Of getting your proper nutrition is through whole foods. Um, and that's a big reason why like I started working with first form was because that's what they push mainly the, yes, they're a supplement company. You, anyone knows that, but their main focus, especially for people that, that represent the company, they say, you know, make sure you're getting the whole foods in. And if it's possible for someone to do that and they don't need to buy supplements, awesome, even more power to them. 
right? But for most people, like I don't necessarily like to prep, you know, fruits, veggies all the time. So right. I drink a, a green drink every once in a while right. to fill that gap. Or I don't always get the, it's not easy to eat that much steak or uh, venison or, you know, chicken. So I drink a protein shake every once in a while, like the, just little things like that. So again, going back to the whole foods thing, it's awesome that you guys are are doing that together, but also encouraging your, your children or your child to do that. Uh, I imagine your dog eats really well too. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially now that the the little one's kind of like tossing stuff off. She eats, <laughs> you know, she just sits by her chair now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Uh so tell me a little bit more about that too. How how old is your daughter? She is eight months. Eight okay. months. So super um, young. So she's she's shooting a recurve. She's pulling 80 pounds yeah. on a recurve, not on a right. not on a compound, but she's holding right. that. <laughs> no, uh, so how do you guys? I mean, so I have my ways of doing it, right? And that's that's a big thing that that started Red Beard Outdoors um for me was showing people in that office that I used to work in how children are not a burden when it comes to getting outside and fitness and nutrition. Um, a lot of people cave to, you know, the chicken nuggets and all this stuff. I'm not perfect. And we do it sometimes too, where I'm like, look, I have to work. Um, you know, I send my 15 year old, I'm like, dude, you know how to work the oven, grab some chicken nuggets. There's some chopped up carrots and stuff. You guys have, that's a meal. But, um, how do you guys incorporate, you know, the fitness aspect, your outdoors living and not let having an eight month old that is very needy, obviously they, they, they're here because you brought them here. They need your attention. You're there to raise them. Uh, but how do you incorporate, you know, her into your outdoors and your fitness? So honestly, it's just, I mean, Elise is great. That's my wife's name. Um, so she's, she's, I feel like she's more of a, you know, rough and tough than I am. You know, she, she likes getting out. She likes going to the gym. Um, so in terms of like fitness, that was the one thing since it's a gym and you can't like set her down on a bench and do your set. That was the, that was the one piece that was hard. So with that, we had to, well, for me, I had to reduce my days, total days and start to like combine certain lifts. And the reason I had to do that was to kind of offset her schedule. So she would go to the gym either in the beginning of the day or the end of the day. And then I would do the opposite of that. And then her rest day would coincide with my rest days like flipped. So that way somebody was always with Indy, our daughter, um, for the gym piece. Now the outdoor piece is great. I, I have done, we've done a couple different things where I've like strapped her on with one of those front carriers. Um, and one of the first hikes we did, I strapped her on the front. She was good through the parking lot into the like trailhead. And I got maybe like a half a mile in and she was like, did not want anything to do with it. So <laughs> I took it off. And she made me carry her. So mm -hmm. I carried her through. And uh, so that was like a bicep like, oh. and forearm pump right there. Yeah. I okay. was like, um, <laughs> burn it. Um, so we did that. And ever since then, you know, she's been good in the carrier, but just bringing her along with us. And then obviously, uh, you know, the dog loves coming around. So for outdoor stuff, trails or whatever, it's, it's, no big deal. I think honestly, like sometimes going to the store, the grocery store was more of a, of a, you know, learning curve, getting her, okay, do we have the thing where she can sit? She's wobbly. Like, do we push a cart and the stroller? So that, that piece, um, the outdoor piece was, I think the easiest. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, Hey, just take them with you. Um, now she's in diapers. So it's not to the point where she's old enough where she has to go, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. You know, we're mm -hmm. right in the middle of the hike yet, but all that to come for sure, uh, being out there, but I don't know. Um, the, it wasn't, you know, I don't know if I didn't go into, cause she's my first kid. I don't know if I didn't go into like the parenting thing, like planning, ev like everything out or really thinking about it. We were like crossing those bridges as we come. Mm -hmm. Um, and hopefully I'm not jinxing myself, but so far it's been pretty solid. And I know, um, you know, like you said, the partner piece is huge. I mean, if I didn't have uh, Elise to lean on in certain areas or it would, I would probably have a very different um, idea of no, for sure. whether or not it's hard or not. But, um, but no, so the lifting was really just an adjustment of schedules and the outdoor piece was just bringing her along, which was, you know, easy. She was born in the wintertime. So it wasn't like 
straight away. I was mm. taking her mm. um, anywhere, but um, yeah. And then was there another piece that you no, asked no, no. about no, with her so that, or those cool. two main pieces? Yeah, yeah. So, and that, and that's, again, for me, it's a big deal because going back to the fitness portion of it, if you weren't strong enough to carry her, that would have been an annoying hike. Like you would have probably turned around oh. and been yeah. done. Right. And, right. and so that goes back to, I'm, I'm a big proponent of the whole idea of everything's a choice, right? You can choose what you want to choose, right? But you got to deal with those consequences. You're always giving something up, right? In that moment, you gave up your comfort so that your daughter would be able to continue on the hike, right? But even before that, you gave up the comfort of sitting on the couch, eating ice cream and all the good stuff and, uh, and, and watching Netflix all day after work so that, you know, it, it sounds maybe a little over-exaggerated, but one day you could carry your daughter on a hike. One day you right. can go out to New Mexico and you can go on a hunt uh, and you chose your hard being a little bit every day rather than a lot all at once, you know? Yeah, and so and that's another thing like for parents that I think that they, they can't, the, the average person can't really understand why it's so important to get that movement every day until you try and take your kids out to the grocery store or on a hike or on a walk or even just going and playing with them at the park. There's so many parents that can't do monkey bars until I was an adult. I couldn't do monkey bars. I was a fat kid growing up, right? I was active, but like, I just couldn't hold my own body weight up. I couldn't do pull-ups until high school. And so, um, you know, now I can go and play monkey bars with my kids and I can go climb and I can go do all these other things with them and not be out of breath rather than being the parent that's at the park, sitting on the bench with my phone out and the kids are calling for me to come play. You right. know? And, yep. and to me, that's a lot more joyful than, the other option of maybe I'm choosing the easy portion now, which would again be to sit on the couch after work, complain about my boss. And you know, which again, my boss is awesome. I should show you some pictures. You're into photography and we're going to get into that, but he does underwater <laughs> photography. Oh, um, wow. and, and we'll, we'll, I'll show you some of that afterwards. But uh, anyway, getting back to, you know, the easy, you can choose easy now, but you're going to have to deal with the consequences later. And I think that you guys are doing an awesome job. Just a little bit that I've seen, and just chatting with you now, it's awesome that you guys incorporate that and you have that plan for your, your future, your children. So that's awesome. Oh, Congratulations on that, man. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah, of course. Now let's talk about archery. Um, yeah. I've, I've gone full bore into archery the last three years. Um, I love my guns. I am very much pro two a, and, uh, yeah. if I had <laughs> unlimited budget, I would delve into both. <laughs> right. My wife would probably never see me, <laughs> but, right. uh, you know, knowing as much as I do about guns being raised around them, I've shifted my focus in the last few years into archery because I wanted to become better at that and more proficient because for me, it takes a lot more skill than a firearm. I feel like firearms are pretty simple point and shoot literally, um, you know, as long as your scope styled, you can shoot out to five, six, 700 yards, sometimes even a thousand yards. Uh, as long as the scope styled, it stays that way. A bow, on the other hand, flexes, bends, the string stretch, like all this stuff goes into it. And so I've, I've kind of become, you know, a, a student of that game. Uh, but when did you, you said you picked up a bow about six years ago, or was it a little bit before that? No, no, that's when it, that's exactly right. Yep. Cool. So what got you, what got you into archery? Why not? you know, shotgun or muzzleloader or something else. Why, why archery? Yeah. So, um, that's a, you know, that's a good question. I've never even been asked that. Um, so my father-in-law got me into it, but I've never been asked specifically why archery, because he does all of those. Um, you know, same as you big gun guy, like I completely opposite of how I grew up. I grew up, I was like a gun. What's a gun? Like no idea, you know, um, no hunting background, no hunting family members. So, um, but archery, I just saw him and maybe it's because our season is so long in Ohio. Um, you know, you could technically shoot a bow from the end of September all the way to the first weekend, basically of February. So, um, so maybe that was why just the times while I was dating my now wife, I just always saw him with a bow and he was always, he's a real, you know, old school disciplined guy. You know, he was like the recurve days that, you know, and he tells me about it all the time. He's like these compounds and, uh, but I got into it directly from him. He gave me my first bow. He gave me my second bow, he gave me my third bow. Like he, he passed all this stuff down to me. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he got me into it right from the beginning, how to draw, how to anchor, um, all your fundamentals. Um, 
but archery for me, I gun hunt. Um, you know, when our season comes around, we get like a week and a weekend. We've been getting like a bonus weekend in Ohio. Um, I've muzzle loaded. Uh, I even took shotgun for Turkey, uh, was the first thing I ever did actually. So I mean, but, um, I don't know that I think it's the simplicity of it. Like you're saying, there's all these factors that, that, um, come into play and ballistically how slow it is really that your, all your inputs have such huge impacts at such short distances, um, comparatively to, you know, a rifle, um, that I was instantly hooked and I don't, I don't know why I think, I mean, I think I have some idea, but like, it was just a feeling of, I was like, I just, I should be doing this. And, you know, it wasn't something that, I mean, my first sit, I remember I sat with him, we were in this, this, um, handmade, like elevated box blind and all these deer were out. It was like pre-rut all these, uh, whitetail. And I was just like, this is like, it was like magic. It was like a magic hour and all these things came out. And I, I was like, it's like this every time. And he's like, no, no, it's not like this every time. And, uh, <laughs> Cause I was like, Oh, this is like, a, he's like, this is weird. What do you, yeah, <laughs> this is definitely not yeah. every time. <laughs> no. And cause you know, I'm like, you know, I'm an idiot. I'm like looking at it like, Oh, you know, I've seen hunting TV shows. I've seen, you know, YouTube hunts and, and you, and it's, you know, production and you see all this, you always see something and everyone's always taking a shot every time. So, you know, I was that annoying person when he probably was like, this kid doesn't understand back before I got into hunting, I was always like, did you, did you shoot anything? And he's like, no. He's like, I didn't shoot anything, you know, and he's, <laughs> he's passing, you know, three-year-old bucks for, you know, he's letting the farm like mature and stuff. And I just had no idea. Um, but archery for me, I've got, I, I feel like I've went every year. I get more psychotic about it, you know, changing bows and then changing arrows and then changing weights on arrows and then vein configuration. Okay. Now I have a good weight that I like, but I want to make some of that forward. I don't, you know, they're just, it's uh, Ryan uh, do you know Ryan Haynes in, oh, yeah. in Oklahoma? So Ryan sent something to me yesterday. He's like, it's a black hole. And I was like, you're right. That's exactly what it is. We're talking about our wives. Like, you know, we don't need another release or we don't need another, but we do, you know, just, oh, yeah, you that know, ultra view drop something. And, yeah. So <laughs> we have to have it. And he said, you know, it's, it's a black hole and it's, that's exactly what it is. But it's, it's so it's at the same time, like this amazing space. Mm hmm. I'd rather that than drugs, right? Any day. Yeah, you know, you, right. You, you exactly. don't have enough money for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I and and it's something you could pass on, just like you know, you you and your family are the first, you know, first generation bow hunter. So it's something that you know, and that's that's kind of how I I ran into you actually, and I I probably should have introduced that way, but um, you know, just through Instagram, but also like I saw you and the DNA guys because I you know I knew Nick before DNA archery. And, uh, okay. and then, you know, him and his, what, what was the, the little reel that they made? That was hilarious. It was like how DNA archery came about. And I was like, one dumb ass made another dumb ass. And they met a yes. third dumb ass. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was hilarious, but, uh, no. So I kind of saw your stuff popping up and then, you know, you're really good into photography, videography, stuff, editing stuff that I know nothing about. Um, and so I think that's awesome. And we're definitely going to dive into that a little bit because I've dabbled in it and I, it's just not, it's too tedious for me. Um, whereas again, some people would think that all my bow tinkering is tedious, right? I've done so many, like, dude, I changed my strings out to three weeks ago <laughs> and our season no, I, started last week. I believe right? it. Yeah. <laughs> and so for <laughs> me, uh, it's, it's kind of funny cause I, I do the same thing to myself, you know, and, and then when the ultra view guys were here up at my, my pro shop here in wild arrow, um, and I got that release in hand, I was like, Oh man, I was like, here's another, cause now I'm going to need to buy one. And then I need to buy the backup. And yep. now I'm going to get into hinges because they yep, line up 100%. Together. Like that's because the only reason. Can. Yeah. It's the only reason yep. I haven't done a hinge is because I shoot a Carter wise choice and they don't really have a good hit option. That is the same anchor point. So I do, yes. you know, hinge and back tension uh, with yes. their evolution 20, but now, okay. You know, I'm like, well, shoot, yeah, you will. Th that's like 600 <laughs> bucks out the window right there. Like three releases. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Um, and hopefully my wife doesn't listen to this until after yeah. I buy it, but well. no. <laughs> it's so um, true though. It is. It, it is. And it's so much fun to mess around with. And, but also on top of that, like, how do you feel about when you get out there? Like, I know you do again, a lot of videography and photography while you're shooting, but 
you know, the times I imagine there's times where you have the camera off and you're just enjoying shooting. Um, you know, what, how does that make you feel? Like, I don't mean to sound like a therapist here, but like, what are the feelings or thoughts that are going through your head when, you know, you're shooting your bow? Yeah. So, um, the, the camera piece and like filming stuff and that's all really, really new for me. So, um, you know, shooting sessions for me were, was always very, very like ultra, like meditative from the beginning. Um, the camera, I'm trying to uh, still get used to that. And uh, you, Johnny, my, my camera dude, he runs my video camera. Um, he, he won your recent uh, giveaway, um, your first one oh, giveaway. Uh, Jay Todd. Yes. Jay oh, Todd cool, Fit. cool. Okay, awesome. Yes. And so he runs all my video stuff. And, uh, but um, he's been shooting with me. I got him in the archery probably four years ago. So um, he's been with me kind of since the beginning and and then shooting video you got someone into archery already yeah 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 that's you know it it just it's one of those things that you're when you're passionate about it you bring people into the fold and that's what we want we want the numbers to go up rather than go down but anyway we'll get into that in a second i just want to highlight that you go ahead no 100 and so uh yeah johnny's going i've known johnny i met him at the gym i've known him for like 10 years and uh he's he actually came to the range with me one time and i was shooting he he um He's like, oh, I think I want to get into this. And like randomly calls me like a couple weeks later. He goes, I bought a bow, um, bought a bow from a guy. And I was like, he goes, this is a good deal. And I was like, oh yeah, for sure. Get it. So he got it. And, um, and that's like history. Now he's, he shoots alongside me. Um, and he's like, Hey, you know what? Cause I was telling him last year during uh, whitetail, I was like, I think I want to film some stuff. I just want to like get, like put some stuff out there. Like, I don't know. I just feel like be fun to do. And show the whole like Ohio whitetail piece and everything. And um, I don't want to do that and, too much, man. That's uh, I've heard there's some, there's some thumpers out there that, that I need to go out there <laughs> and check out. So yeah, you definitely, you know, and that's, that's another crazy thing is like, you know, it all, I think for a while there, it was always like, Oh, you know, Ohio, West or West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, like even Michigan, it's like junk whitetail hunting, but I don't know what's going on. If just property management's good or like, you know, the hunters are doing their thing, but like, I feel like it's booming, you know? Um, but how I felt, you know, to take the camera out of the equation, it was very, like very meditative. I always loved like getting in, like, you know, I was big Joe Rogan podcast listener. And he always talked about like that flow state, you get into that flow state and you're just vibing and everything's just smooth. And you're just embracing that pin float. And you're watching this arrow just hit where you want it. You just kind of get into a rhythm. And, um, you know, for me, I feel like it takes longer than some some people during the, during the, uh, you know, session at the, at the range. But once you're in it, you're like, I don't want to stop shooting. I just want to knock another arrow and you're pulling and, and, um, and I, I just, that was one of the most uh, addicting things. And you're always chasing this like idea of perfection with your groups in a way that you can't do at a gun range. Almost. It's like, you can, but it's just so different. I think it just comes back to that, you know, slow ballistic and all these variables. And it's just, it's so addicting and knowing it's like a weird thing. It's a weird pursuit kind of, you know, you're not going to ever perfect it, but how many uh, arrows of a four arrow group, you know, can I stack at 60, at 70, at 80, and then you get good at 80 and you want to go to a hundred and then you miss at a hundred and you question your entire existence and you don't know, you know, what's going on and uh and i love it it's i don't i just uh i don't know it's the one thing that you're i feel like you're constantly chasing where you could say that almost in any sport i feel like but with archery it's like um your reward is so much more limited i guess like it then then um you know in the gym or on the field or in the pool or on the track or Um, it, maybe it's the lack of, um, opportunities or the limited opportunities you get, but just everybody I talk to, it's this, you know, genuine understanding that, you know, like right now, all these guys there, you've put all this time in since whenever, maybe since the the day your last season ended and everybody knows in their head, it's for one shot, maybe, maybe one. Okay, guys, brief interruption here. I just wanted to give a shout out to two groups that 
uh, I help with or run on Facebook. The one that I run is Redbeard's Fit Crew. No, you don't have to have a red beard. No, you don't have to be extreme, extremely fit to get in. Just want you in the group so you can meet individuals that have the same goal as you listening to the podcast here to get in better shape, uh, just to be healthy, live a happier, healthier, more successful life. I'd love to have you over at Redbeard's Fit Crew. And of course, First Form Outdoors page over on Facebook. Again, able to meet great individuals, talk about outdoors, gear, equipment, uh, activities, hunting, hiking, whatever it may be, and just great individuals with awesome positivity going around, guys. Go check out those two groups. I'd love to see you over there. Love to have you in there. And if you need any health or nutrition uh, needs, those are also two great resources um, I'd love to help you on your journey so that you can live that. Again, I'm going to keep saying it, guys. Happier, healthier, more successful life for you. So go check out those groups. And now back to the conversation. And I, I don't know. I get like goosebumps just thinking about it. Like that, all that preparation for, you know, a single moment is just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, that's, that's a good way to put it, you know. Um, a lot of people get excited about, you know, the Super Bowl and or family events or one event in the in the year or whatever, and they get excited about it. And that's definitely something that it's it's an interesting uh conundrum in a way because you're by yourself usually. You're not usually with someone else uh, when it happens. And you want to share it with everyone else when it does happen. You want to share those raw emotions. You want to, and no one else is ever gonna be as excited for you as you are in that moment, like, no, you can't inject those, uh, you know, the chemicals into their body that you're feeling flowing through your veins in the moment where, you know, either, either you missed, you hit, you even just had a stud buck come in or a bull, um, you know, or even just like, I mean, I had a cool experience where I had a hummingbird fly around. It was about two hours where he kept coming in consistently in and in and in. And like the first time he kind of freaked me out. Cause it sounded like a helicopter flying right past my ear. I was like, the frick <laughs> and then he's like hanging around my bow and he actually like put his beak in my beard it was kind of funny <laughs> yeah i saw it on your instagram yeah. it was wild yeah it's cool to to have that while i was sitting there waiting for elk that never came in but uh you know <laughs> but uh you know it, it's one of those things where i i would agree with you you know it, it's hard to to replicate that emotion um i mean the only I, I don't know. I, I've talked with a guy that he's won national championships in football, in college football. He's played with some great NFL teams. Um, and he he and I have chatted about his bow setup. I mean, he's got a – oh, shoot. I don't want to misquote it, but I think it was a 32 or 33-inch draw. Um, oh, maybe geez. it was 34. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like, he had to have a custom bow made um, from Hoyt <laughs> for this. That's, that is ridiculous. Uh, yeah. And his, his arrow is like 600 something grains and it's still flying at like 300 feet a second. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you might as well just shoot a missile at the, the, at the animal. Um, yeah. He's probably but, shooting a yardstick, right? Right. Exactly. Seriously. I mean, uh, they have to make cut. Cause I think most arrows come at like 31 inches. So I think he even had to yeah. get like custom arrows. <laughs> it's ridiculous, Goodness. but, um, he loves it. And, and he's, he's talked about, it. he's like, it's, it's a similar emotion to when you're, when you're in that game of the national championship for, for college. Um, you know, it's, it's that so you've worked all year or multiple years. Um, you know, uh, another buddy of mine just came, and and he's worked for six years now. I just recently met him in the last couple of months, but um, become fast friends. And he he just barely tagged his first archery buck uh, after six years of putting in work of he works on people's bows. He does like all this stuff for all these other people. He sees all these other people's success and he finally tagged out on his own. And that emotion, I mean, after six years, you've been shooting a bow for six years. Uh, right. Imagine not ever having tagged out and finally getting that archery buck, like the emotions that go through, you know? And, and so it, yes. it's just, it, it's something you can't duplicate and it's something you can't explain to people unless you've been there, you know? So anyway, I think you put it in a really good, really good way. Um, and so, you know, with, with archery, you obviously don't have to be as fit as, as you are, um, but it helps and, and talk a little bit maybe about your, you've been to New Mexico once or twice before. Just only one time. Uh, it was my first time ever, you know, being West ever. Um, 
for vacation or, or ever seeing the West, Western United States. Mm. Um, but only one time and, and this September will be my second time out. But um, yeah, so, so being out there and so everything I, I know from a whitetail perspective here um, is just completely different out there. Uh, I think maybe the core piece of it, like, you know, what you're doing and all right, my plan is to go out, walk, sorry, my dog, listen for, look for a sign, find an elk, make a stalk or sit water and do your thing. You at least know that piece of it. What guys like me out here, you know, your flatlanders, what I think that they they don't understand is um, you're a thousand feet maybe. And when you're there, you know, you can be, depending on where you're at, you know, six, seven, nine, ten thousand feet. And that is a very uh, different place than, um, you know, what you're used to. So um, everything around hunting out West for me was like, I was just trying to like, absorb everything like a sponge, you know, I, I know how to shoot my bow. I know, you know, where my vitals are for my animal that I'm going after, but everything outside of that's different. I mean, hunting on the ground, um, was so foreign to me. I was overly paranoid, like my first couple of days and like coming across animals and, um, you know, coming across the, one of the first days I was out there, this, this big bull and had all these cows. And I was like, I was like almost afraid to draw. I was like, he's going to see me. There's, there's no way he's not going to see me. (laughs) Um, so like the basis of hunting out there is, is so different. Um, physically though, there's things that, you know, I wish, I wish there was like a really good way for me to replicate elevation training. Um, so, you know, my biggest thing here is like, okay, well, I'm going to have to rock and rock hill climbs and then do the stair mill and then rock and then do the stair mill because I can do it all day, but going out there, it's like, you know, it's still going to be that plus a heavier pack more likely, um, plus, mm-hmm. you know, 10,000 feet or 9,000 feet added. Um, so I think, you know, for me, my mindset is just, and I'm, I'm still so new to all of it. It's like, I'll, I'll come home this year and I'll be like, I have to change everything like I did last year and, and just change, you know, my nutrition plan, change my lifting plan. But, um, I took as much as I could from last year adjusted. And I, you know, I'm hoping that it, it pays off going in there this year, but, you know, I think you can do everything you can do here, um, proactively, but just my biggest thing is always anybody that's going out there is, Hey, just understand there's going to be a level of discomfort just because of these factors that as long as you know that you're golden. And if, as long as you embrace that piece, I think you're fine. Um, because you can't replicate certain things. And sometimes it's just, just go do it. And, uh, you'll get through it. I think as, as long as you are in that mindset going into it, you'll be good. No, oh, yeah, I, I like that. And it, it's a good perspective because there are a lot of people that, <clears throat> excuse me, that go from the East Coast and then they come out here just for a week or two weeks. And yep. that's a big change because, you know, you probably take a day or two to acclimate even. And um, I want to ask a little bit about, you know, the nutrition while you're out there as well, because that's a big thing too. People want to grab the easiest carbs, the easy, you know, the sugar, the pop darts, the gummy bears, the all the stuff that you're like, craving while you're up there um if you don't have your nutrition on point and and so so some ways that you have found to mitigate it is you know just typical ruck and stairmaster training um obviously you can't imitate elevation uh but you can get used to you know walking get your body accustomed to walking with something heavy on your hips and shoulders and uh and then walking up a lot of stairs because there's a lot of places that it feels like you're walking upstairs Um, but as far as, you know, so you've got some good cardio in there. Um, you know, something that I've noticed too, and that I've played around with, uh, it's just even people don't necessarily think about this all the time because muscles are cool to have. And the more, the bigger the muscles, you you know, it, it looks better. And, 
But when you're out there, 40 pounds, your body doesn't care if it's 40 pounds of muscle or 40 pounds of fat. It, it knows right. there's 40 pounds there <laughs> that right. it's lugging around. And I'd even say it's, it's harder to maintain uh, the muscle mass while you're out there because you're burning those many extra calories um, yeah. while you're out there because you have so much, your muscle bellies are bigger. And so um, is that something that you took away from last year that maybe not trying to bulk so much that you were looking more for kind of leaning out? and uh and dialing in there or what was you know when you say you changed some things what were some things that you changed yeah 100 percent. so you know for me like i always felt like i was like a hard gainer um like i could cut like pretty easily but um gaining was always something i felt like was difficult so typically throughout the year i always find myself at least one point in the year like six months or so i try to dedicate to like adding you know trying to build like nice lean tissue um do more of like your lean bulk, uh, but 100%. So I went out there last year. I kind of, I had that idea, like probably lighters a little bit better um, and reduced my calories from like, I think I was in a like 500 calorie surplus and I reduced it back to uh, what would have been maintenance at that weight at that time and rode that out for August. And then when I went to, cause we were early September last year, when I went to my hunt, I just was under the understanding, okay, well, I'm going to be in sort of an inadvertent deficit and that's just how it's going to be. Um, speaking of the, uh, DNA guys, I was actually just talking to Nick, um, the other day, he's going out for his first Colorado, um, archery elk. And he was, we were going through some food stuff and like what his calories look like for the, um, like a daily breakdown. And he's just going to repeat that for, I think eight days he can fit in his pack. Um, and we were joking. We we're like, well, it only has to fit once. Cause he's like, I think it's gonna be tight on space. I'm like, you just have to fit it in this day. One has to fit and you're good. Um, but for me this year, yeah. Uh, I'm, I have stopped all plans of bulking. I'm in this like sort of purgatory of training where I'm pushing it, but I'm not lifting heavy to the point of injuring anything. I'm trying to mitigate all risk. Um, right now, the, the last thing I need is to like, you know, be pulling like moderate weight and get, mm -hmm. have a slap tear or something in, uh, you know, uh, with a deadlift or, um, but, uh, food wise, I've cut one like midday meal out, um, which I hate doing. Um, I feel, I do feel smaller every day, but that's okay. Cause you know, <laughs> it is, it is what it is. I'll be able to add the food back in, you know, uh, September after September, I guess, October, but, um, so yeah, that, uh, that's my, my, my sort of my plan right now. So I'm kind of riding it out till I get in there and then just understand I brought, I'm, I'm bringing a belt. I didn't bring a belt last year. I'm bringing a belt because my pants were falling off last year and <laughs> it is what it is. It's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be fine. That's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I've got a good belt recommendation. Um, yeah. for, especially if you've got a pack, uh, have you seen the arcade belts? Uh, -uh. So they're like a stretchy, it's like a, it's like an elastic material almost, but I've, I've even tested it with my concealed carry and it holds yeah. the concealed carry pretty well. I'd still prefer a stiff belt for concealed carry, but it holds it and it's, okay. and it doesn't give you like when you cinch your, your, uh, your pack belt around it, it doesn't yeah. hurt. It doesn't dig oh, okay. into your hips. It's that stretchy yeah. material, but it holds your pants up and then you can adjust it super easy by cinching it down. Like when you start losing weight or whatever. So um, oh, I can cool. shoot that over to you as well afterwards, but I, yeah, yeah, I was trying to find a good, cause I have the same issue where I start, you know, either like most of my pants, you know, I get them sized so that I can comfortably have a concealed carry, um, yeah. and, and not be squeezing my gut with it. And so when I'm out in the mountains and then I lose a little bit of weight, it's like, okay, crap. Like I'm walking around holding my pants up. So it's either <laughs> yeah. suspenders, which I've tried and I don't yeah. like, I just don't Me like either. it. And then, uh, then I found this belt. So I'll, I'll shoot that over to you, but Okay, um, great. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's and and again for people that are you know out there that really do enjoy the aesthetic portion as well. Which you know, if you're married, your wife enjoys it as well. But you know, you enjoy seeing that progress. Um, it's not always good to even have a lot of muscle. You know, when you come out, I wouldn't say hold that in fat either. Just lose, just drop the weight. You know, yeah. <laughs> and yep. lean out a little bit. So that's awesome. And then as far as um, you know, you mentioned uh. Well, let's talk about nutrition a little bit up there. So what are some things that you do to help 
Because if you're if your nutrition's poor, you're already probably going to have a headache day one or two if you're coming from right. sea level or even just a thousand feet up to seven to ten thousand feet. That's a drastic change, and then you're pushing yeah. your body on top of that um, more than it usually is. So you're probably going to have some sort of headache. What are some ways that you have found to mitigate that? So I feel like I was lucky um, going out there. I was like, that was one thing I was really worried about was the um, altitude sickness. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to handle it. I've never been in those uh, situations, but um, going out there, I, I didn't feel like I had to acclimate from like a headache standpoint, which was great. Uh, breathing was different on the first day. That was a completely different story. Um, but uh, no, from that point, I think good. Um, and I know people, you know, I've heard like, oh, drink as much water as you want. It doesn't matter. You know, water's good. But then, you know, I know First Form has hydration supplements. Um, Mountain Ops has stuff. Um, Mountain Warrior has stuff. Everybody has some good stuff, mostly like sodium, potassium uh, blends um, that are awesome. So last year, last year, I think I took out um, a liquid IV, actually. And that, that worked pretty good this year. I'm taking um, some Mountain Ops out there. But it you know, just staying hydrated from, from with those like additives, those were great for me. I didn't feel like I had a lot of cramping, um, which was good. Uh, food wise. So at base camp, there's like a little short trailer, like single axle trailer. And it has like everything you can imagine, like little Debbie's or, you know, the things you're talking about, like, or, um, granola bars. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, your rocket fuel type, you know, stuff. And um, I have a, a pretty good understanding for me specifically, like what I can and can't get away with from a carb perspective. Um, I always do feel really confident in um, bumping my carbs when I want it. But for what, I guess, application too. Like if I'm trying to sustain, I'm not just going to dump a bunch of, you know, fast burning carbs in my system versus like, uh, you know, I might in those cases, like if, if I know I'm not going to get back or I'm going to stretch my food for that day, cause I'm always coming back to base camp, which is nice. I'm not, um, you know, bivy in it or anything like that. Uh, so I can always re up when I'm there. Um, I might opt for like a nut butter or something like that. Um, and really bump the fat. That was something I was talking to, uh, somebody else with, which more of like your keto approach. Um, I have to have some, me personally, some carbs in there, Keep, uh, like more, you know, strict keto approach for me. I burn out really quick, mm-hmm. um, just personally. Uh, but if I add in fats and I add in those nut butters and stuff that will help me big time. I've noticed right. huge, whether it's the, you know, protein spike for like my blood sugar or it's the actual fat. Um, it's just, it's like life-saving almost like those F-bombs and stuff that I've, yeah. I've tried those great. Um, but I definitely balance out the carbs last year. I told Nick about these. The, the one thing I really liked was cliff bar has these, um, power blocks mm-hmm. and those things were amazing. You get like, you can get them like with salt added, like, like sea salt added on top. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. Um, so if I was feeling like, oof, I'm like struggling on the second half of the day or something, I would just pop a couple of those and they were great. Mm-hmm. Um, makes sense. yeah, but nothing over the top for, for nutrition there. Like, I think I was telling him uh, uh, breakfast was more of like a breakfast burrito, egg, um, chopped up bacon, like just real basic. But that was it. You're not eating again until um, your midday break, you know, and then you're not eating again until after dark. Um, and if you, you know, make your kill and have your harvest and you're packing it out and you're coming back, then you're not mm-hmm. eating until, you know, technically the next day anyway. So, yeah. um, but that's, that's like sort of in a nutshell, like, what I did last year. And I'm sure it's going to be very similar this year based on what I'm bringing and what I know will be there. Awesome. No. Yeah. I like it. I, uh, I, I think, I don't think you're correct in saying you were lucky. Um, you prepped and that's the thing <laughs> is you, you, you have had good nutrition through that entire year and you worked out consistently through that entire year. So your body had had stuff to deal with, but you had already fueled it and prepared it to deal with that. And I think that's where a lot of things like some people maybe are more prone to headaches or whatever, but definitely, you know, the water, the hydration before first form came out with the hydration stuff. I did liquid IV last year, um, having some form of electrolytes, not just water. 
Um, cause you're going to pee the water out real quick. I mean, you're up there, you're sweating it out, you're peeing it out, but you need to, you need to make sure that you've got the electrolytes. So whatever your electrolyte, obviously, you know, I, I recommend the first form stuff, um, or liquid IV. Those are my top two uh, recommendations for sure. But, you know, just look at what electrolytes are in your mix. And, uh, and, and I definitely recommend that for sure in your pack. Um, and then, you know, snacks throughout the day. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you notice this personally, but like for me, I noticed that if I like, I don't like a lot of carbs in the morning necessarily, but throughout the day while I'm burning them, I like having like the honey stingers. Um, I'm gluten-free. Yeah. So they have a couple of good options that are gluten-free. I found one recently, the cinnamon one, it tastes like a churro. Um, so the honey stingers are great. <clears throat> um, and then of course, you know, I, I like protein and then the protein bars. Um, I found a way to not let them melt <laughs> because that sucks. Um, yeah. just stick them in the middle or bottom of your pack under all your clothes after having okay. them in a the cooler all night and then put them in the bottom of your pack. It stays out of the sun. And then the midday you get a nice cold protein bar that you can, you can chomp on. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. But that, that's kind of my, those are my go-to. And then of course, meat sticks, jerky, whatever you choose. Um, and, and those are kind of my go-to snacks as well. So, you know, trying to keep it as clean as possible. It was funny. We were up this weekend and my buddy pulls out, you know, the pop tarts and the gummies and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not even, you know, I can't have pop tarts first of all, cause of the gluten, but I just kind of looked at it and I was like, eh, like that looks like, it looks like a stomach ache later. So I handed him some of my stuff and he was like, dude, like, this is so much better. <laughs> right. So I, I think some people don't, don't know. They're like, oh, well, I'm just going to grab this quick stuff. They're single packages mm. and, uh, you know, make it easy on myself, but like, you know, like we said in the beginning, you can do it um, maybe with a little forethought and stuff, You, but you can, you can definitely get, you know, your better, uh, your better ratios in there of mm -hmm. good stuff, less processed stuff, which is always huge. Yeah. And your body need. I mean, if you're pushing it past its limits, it needs yeah. to have something that's going to allow it to do that. Right. Yeah. It doesn't need to have a sugar crash later. Right. Or you're right. going to eat another pop tart in an hour and then another hour and another hour. Right. So, um, I, I agree with you on that. It It is almost a, a kind of a keto approach, especially if you bring a bunch of nuts and stuff like that. Um, but having that good mix of fuels, I, I definitely agree with that. That seems to work for me as yeah. well. Um, that's awesome, man. So is there anything that, I mean, anything that you want to share with the listeners that, you know, I haven't brought up or anything that you're interested? I, I know we said we we're going to talk about uh, photography and videography, but I don't want to keep you more than the hour. I promised. I know you've got stuff to do, but uh, you know, is there anything you want to share that we didn't bring up? Um, I was talking about this with uh, my father-in-law last time we shot last weekend. And um, he's like, yeah, if you ever do another one of those podcast things, you should talk about this. And it was basically that, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but <clears throat> I don't know if a lot, if you hear a lot uh, about how difficult like bow hunting is. And I think like you see a lot of good things, you know, you see a lot of success, you see a lot of, you know, Instagram, you know, grip and grins or reels or YouTube videos or the outdoor channel and you get out there. And I mean, me specifically, I mean, I felt like this, um, you know, I put years in before anything went down and I'm like, am I doing it right? Am I messing up every part of this or, or what's, what's happening? Um, my thing is, I think there needs to be a little bit, I don't know if it just needs to be talked about more or what, but everybody's going through it. I just don't know if, if people don't want to talk about it or it makes you, you know, look less successful or, but it's a very hard sport and it, and you're in nature and, you know, that whole saying like nature doesn't give a shit, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, no, it doesn't. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't. And those animals are, they're surviving their, their survivors. That's what they've done. Um, you know, it's a, it's a battle of you versus you versus you versus them versus you versus your landscape and stuff. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of get, maybe get your thought on that because I don't know if, at least for me, I don't feel like people are like, yeah, you know what? Like not failed, but I failed year after year after year in terms of like direct success. Mm -hmm. And for me, I feel like I, I relate to that personally. Like, um, you know, trying to get everything to, to line up and be perfect 
uh, and then still have to execute perfect is there's a lot there. Oh yeah, no, for sure. So, and I, I've, I've talked about it a couple of times and I, I do agree with you that it's not. So for me personally, I try and not just show the successes. I actually try and show the failures more than the successes because of that, because I've kind of gone through that too, where you're like, well, am I just not in the right place? Like I did all this e-scouting and the elk are supposed to be here. Right. But who told, who didn't tell them? Like, you know, <laughs> like all the sign is here. They were here. I'm not wrong. They're just not here right now. Right. And so, um, you know, last year I didn't tag out on my, my over-the-counter elk. Um, and I was okay with it because I put in everything that I could. Um, something that was a big help for me was elk shape, right? So Dan and yeah. elk shape, yeah. he's very real. He, he gets multiple yes. tags and he doesn't tag out on them every single year, but he makes sure that he puts in 100% effort and more. And that's how yeah. I felt I was last year. All the days that I had that I could go out, I was out there. I was out there from before dark until after dark. I put in as much effort as I could. And, um, and if I felt like I wasn't doing enough, I got my butt up and went somewhere else and made sure I did. So that at the end of the season, I was like, you know what? I didn't bring elk meat home, but all my friends had these successes. I helped them pack stuff out. They're giving me meat. You know, I tagged out on a couple other animals. So like, you're right. It's not easy. And if you're going to get into bow hunting, you need to, you need to be okay with failure and you need to accept when I say failure, you need to accept that you've done everything in your control, control the controllables, right? Yep. You can't control if the elk's going to be there or not. That's impossible. Right. I can't even control if my son's going to be where he's supposed to be, <laughs> let alone. Right. And I have more control over that than I do an elk. So, you know, but I know where they're supposed to be. I've done my homework. I did my e-scouting uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm fit enough that I can walk around and be miles and miles and miles in a day. Um, and when you get that inkling to either go home because it's sucking, because that happens too, even on one day hunts or weekend hunts, sometimes you're like, screw it. You know, there's only one more evening. I can just go home. My wife would yep. probably appreciate that more anyway. It happens. It really does. But um, I'd rather have the conversation with her on the way home that, you know, this is how I was feeling. You know, I really did miss you guys. But I pushed through that and stayed out there. And even though I'm not bringing anything home, you know, this was the experience I had. And I feel like I gave everything. So I don't regret it at all. I don't regret my elk season last year. And going into this year, like, I'm not going to regret anything that happens, whether I tag it out or not. I've got a feeling I've got a big bull that's waiting for me out there. Uh, right. But, you know, it is what it is. And as long as I put in the effort, that's what matters. And I, I, I agree with what your father-in-law was saying. And you went through a couple of years without success. Um, people that I look up to as well, like Dan, again, he said he went, I think it was six or seven years and he's elk shaped dude. Like he is as That's obsessed I mean. with elk as yeah. you can get. And yeah. it still took him six or seven years to tag out with a bow. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. A true, a true testament to, you know, the the level of you know proficiency i mean we can all we've all seen him shoot and uh and obviously you know him being in that area knowing it he's fit he's he checks all the boxes and to say hey this is what it takes and this is what it took and like you said it takes time that's one thing that uh you know my father-in-law was saying you know you there's no substitute for the hours in you can say i've hunted this year but if you went once a week for 4 hours four times did you know did you really hunt did you really give yourself the, the chance um so mm -hmm. yeah i'm i'm with you 100 percent. yeah no for sure so and that and that was another thing too that my buddy that got me into bow hunting he he was like you know when he was talking to me about it he was like you're okay with failing and you know i use that term lightly or not not lightly because when i say failure again i you control everything you can you control your fitness, you control your nutrition, you control your attitude, and you control your proficiency with your weapon, which in this in this case is a bow. Um, sure. You can control all of those things. You cannot control the weather. You cannot control how much water has been dumped or not dumped. You yep. cannot control, you know, which cows go into heat when, 
you know, like all of those things are completely out of your control. Right. So, and all of those things are also factors into whether or not you're going to have success. It is what it 100%. is. Um, but it, yeah, it's, you know, he was telling me, it's like, you're okay with failing it or as, as in not tagging yeah. out. I don't consider that failure to be honest with you. If you right. look at that as failure, I think you're looking at it wrong because yeah. again, the failure comes from not being fit enough to go out and do what you need to do, not having proper nutrition, not having plans. So now you have to go back into town and get stuff, um, you know, not having a good attitude, not sighting in your bow, not, you know, like all of those things, that's failure in my opinion, but right. not tagging out. That's not failure unless you just went out for one day you know, right. and said, exactly. oh, screw it. I didn't see anything <laughs> again. That's attitude that goes back to you and your choices. So um, that there, there's, you got to shift your idea on failure as well, because it's it, tagging out is not success necessarily. It's a portion right. of it. It's a symptom right. of success in my opinion, um, yeah. but it doesn't, it doesn't always happen and you can still have a successful season. So. No, you're, you're hundred percent. Right. Yep. Awesome. Well, cool. Thanks for sharing that, man. I, um, uh, plug wherever you want to plug. I don't know. Do you have a website? I know you've got Instagram obviously, but, uh, you've yeah, got Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Instagram is, is my name, but spelled all weird. Uh, so it's Joe Gabo. You can just look it up on Redbeard's Instagram. <laughs> it's on there. I don't even want to spell it. There's so many vowels in my last name. Um, and uh, YouTube, I think is the exact same thing. So, um, hopefully more stuff with, uh, you know, the white tail season going on the YouTube and, um, just seeing where it takes me, man. It's been, you know, a few months, you know, whipping the camera around again and um, to just see where, where it goes. Awesome. I love it, man. Yeah. You guys go check him out. He does some awesome editing. He does great photography, some cool reels on Instagram, uh, great pictures as well. Uses good quality products. Um, so go, go check him out and uh, I'll leave the links down below. So you don't have to spell his name out. And, uh, and as I always say, guys, get out, live your life and love it. All right. Well, I really do hope you enjoyed that conversation. Joe is just a great individual. Uh, he loves archery, loves hunting, loves the outdoors, loves his family, loves fitness, just a great individual. So I'll leave again, his links down below, go check him out. And as I mentioned before, guys, I'd love to have you over at Redbeard's Fit Crew and to see you on the first form outdoors page. Let them know Redbeard sent you, um, join the groups, meet great people it's key to have good individuals in your life that genuinely want you to succeed and to be a better version of you on a daily basis. So love to have you guys over there. Have an awesome rest of your weekend. Spend time with loved ones. Get outside. And of course, live your life and love it.